a beautiful teaching today. You are going to love today as I continue teaching on the tabernacle. I am loving this, and I'm loving teaching you a lot about this. Now, you know, you're, you're only hearing a part of it, not the whole teaching, because I'm teaching this at BHI, and I would love to have you join BHI, because I'm giving them such treasures, and I'm going to share the treasures with you today on this program. Frankly, every day, I'm giving you the Word of God, and that is the treasure, the Word of God. So thank you for joining me today. And as we begin, I pray the Lord will really minister to you in a beautiful way. And thank you. Thank you. I want to say it from my heart. Thank you for being my wonderful partner, my family, God's precious, wonderful people. And by the way, share this with your friends because this, this truth is really needed. And we had a tremendous response to the teaching yesterday on the tabernacle. Now, you know, this is the last one I'll do today because I'm praying that God will speak to you to become a part of VHI. But tomorrow, of course, I'll be with you, most likely from the car, and I have much, much to share with you from the Word. Yes, I'll be teaching the Word tomorrow, God willing, from the car, if not, right from here. The Lord is so good. Hallelujah. All right, sweet people, let's pray. Let's believe God today to be our blessed, wonderful teacher. Sweetest Heavenly Father. Oh, sweetest Heavenly Father. Can we just lift our hands and just thank him for being so sweet and so loving? Sweetest Heavenly Father. Lord, my God, we come in the glorious name of Jesus, the most wonderful name of Jesus, Lord. We ask you today that by your Holy Spirit, you'll give us understanding, give us spiritual revelations, Lord. Be our teacher. Oh, blessed, blessed Holy Ghost. Blessed Holy Spirit. Be our teacher today. That our eyes and lives would be enlightened in Jesus' precious name. And God's people said, Amen. All right, so I have some beautiful... Uh, pictures behind me of the tabernacle, <clears throat> but and we're gonna I'm gonna show you some beautiful things today, and then I'm gonna teach today on the ark and the mercy seat. Ooh, you're gonna love that. You're gonna love that. All right. So, but let me just give you some 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 things I kind of began talking about a little bit ago. Um, the tabernacle is of such importance to God such importance, that the Bible gives it 50 chapters, 50 chapters. Imagine the importance God placed on this, that 50 chapters uh, in the Word are given to explain the pattern, the construction, and the services uh, required. 50 chapters. Think about how many chapters we have about when God gave the Ten Commandments. One chapter. But the tabernacle, 50 chapters. So, and then when you look at the names, you know, this is something that people don't think about when you look at the names for the tabernacle. 
we have, there are five different names in the Bible about the tabernacle. Each one of them has a meaning. Example, the first name we see is sanctuary. That's in Exodus 25.8. Why? Because it speaks of holiness. A holy God. It's a sanctuary for a holy God. The second name you see is the word tabernacle, which I've, of course, have been mentioning so much. That's in Exodus 25, verse 9. You can just write these scriptures down because there's so much I want to talk to, to you about today. So Exodus 25, verse 9. Uh, why tabernacle? Because it's God's dwelling place. So sanctuary, he's holy. Tabernacle, it's his dwelling place. Dwelling among his people. Number three, tent. You see that word tent also in the Bible about the tabernacle. And that's found in Exodus 26, 36. Exodus 26, 36 calls it the tent. Why is it called the tent? Because it is the temporary dwelling place. Temporary dwelling place would be a tent. Because a tent you can take, you know, you can put up and take it down. Number four, it was called the tabernacle of the congregation. The tabernacle of the congregation. That's in Exodus 29, verse 42. Why? Because it was where God met his people. The tabernacle of the congregation. The people of God met God in the tabernacle. So it's very, very important that we that we understand why it was called that. And then the tabernacle of testimony, Exodus 38:21. So what does that name mean like why is it called also the tabernacle of testimony because it 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 really tells us where the testimony or the 10 commandments were in the ark of the covenant in the holy of holies so it was called also tabernacle of testimony so um We see something else in the Bible that I think is important. That the tabernacle served as God's dwelling, dwelling place for 500 years till they built the temple. 500 years. You see buildings today uh, in different cities, been all, they're what, 100 years? And some of them look like they're about to fall and crack, 500 years the tabernacle stood. And not one time did God command it to be redone. Shows you the durable materials and the wood, it's amazing. The tabernacle also um, shows us how a sinful people can approach a holy God. Why the tabernacle? Why did God give it? 
the most important revelation of Jesus is the tabernacle in the Old Testament. There's more depth of revelation about the Lord himself and the church in the tabernacle than anything else you look at in the Old Testament. So the tabernacle is, 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 is to be studied and restudied and restudied and restudied because there's so much depth. You can't just study it just one time and say, okay, I got it all. There's so much in there. Way beyond, I think, what most people have, have, uh, have discovered. And in my opinion, a lot of books that have been written, which I've read nearly a lot of them, a lot of them do not contain biblical accuracy of the tabernacle. So you have to, re- you have to read a lot of books to, to, to really get the full picture. Why? Because it's so deep. So one writer cannot give you everything about it. You have to go to different writers to even find out. And even what I'm teaching today, what I'm giving you today, is not enough to give you a full picture. I would recommend you do your own study about that. Why? Because it's a revelation of Jesus and his church. That means you. It's not just about the Lord. It's about you. And when we don't study the tabernacle, we're, we're missing so much of what God wants to reveal to us here on earth about the Christian life and his amazing love and plan for our redemption. So the tabernacle is, is the revelation how a sinful person can approach a holy God. Think about what I'm saying. And now here is something that is just mind-boggling. Three million people dwelled around it. 22,000 people served in it. The tribe of Levi, those 20 and up from from 20 to 50, number 22,000 men, men. It took that many men to serve in the tabernacle. Just to think about how majestic the service was. And three million people, their dwelling place, their tents around it. Now you think about just for a second. How many square miles would it take? to have three million people around a tent. Think about the miles, how many square miles? Well, from some of the studies I've looked at, 12 square miles around. 12 miles this way, that way, that way, and that way. 12 miles. When I was in India, when we had our crusade in Bangalore, the crowd, we were at an airport, and the crowd went one mile this way, one mile that way, one mile this way. Nobody behind me, of course. But they went a mile here, a mile here, a mile there, and you could not see beyond 250,000. We had three million in front. So Paul Crouch wanted to get a shot, he and Matt, his son, were with me, and they wanted to tape the whole crowd. Well, no camera has the ability to tape 
three million people standing there. So he had to drive, my dear friend Paul, had to drive in a car to see how long it took him from one side of the crowd all the way down. And it took him, I think he said five or more minutes or maybe a little longer. So when you're on the highway in the United States or in your country, look at how long it takes you to go for a mile to get to an exit, let's say. Okay, that gives you an, an idea. How about 12 miles? How long does it take us to drive 12 miles from where you are to where you're going? It'll take you what? At least 15 minutes if you're doing the speed limit, whatever. That's how long the crowd went. How did they carry those animals 12 miles to bring the animals to God? To worship, to approach God. They had to walk 12 miles in the desert. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of the, of the amazing, uh, uh, what it took. And I want to say one more time because I don't want you missing it. Daily animals that had to be sacrificed would fill four truckloads, those massive trucks you see on the highway. Four of those trucks would be packed with animals that were sacrificed daily by the people who brought their animals to God because they sinned. And by the animals that had to be offered by the priesthood to praise the Lord, a sweet smell, aroma, worshiping the Lord. But then think about all the people that brought their sacrifices because of they, uh, they, they had some shortcoming. How God must have blessed Israel in the desert with hundreds of millions of animals. And the water required, the water required, I was, I was amazed. I want to I just give you this, uh, uh, this quite amazing here. It took, this is, this is, you know what? I made a mistake, guys. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm just looking at my notes. No, no, no. It wasn't four trucks. It was 30 trucks. You know, a piece of paper, by the way, they say, is smarter than you. It never forgets. So I, I gave you four. I'm, I'm just looking at, at my notes. It's provision daily were 30 trucks full of animals. That's stunning. Not four. 30. And then all the millions of gallons of water, or all the many, I should say, gallons of water required to, to clean the animals that had to be offered daily. So think about 30 trucks full of animals that were offered every day in the tabernacle. How many animals had to be in the camp itself? and all the water required to wash them before they're offered. Stunning. The God we serve. Wow. All right, now, can I, can I just give you one other thing that I think is, to me, quite amazing? When Israel traveled, when Israel traveled in the desert, the procession stretched 40 miles. 40 miles of people walking. 
Just to give you an idea, just to give you an idea. I think this is an amazing phrase, you know, when you think about it. Okay, real quick, real quick, I want to just, uh, one more time, let's read, <clears throat> let's go to Exodus one more time. Did you enjoy all this? Of course you did. Okay, let's go to Exodus and let's look at chapter 25. I want to shout, but I'm going to behave myself, okay? So, it says this, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, this is verse 1, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly, with his heart he shall take my offering. And this is the offering which he shall take of them. By the way, you know, before God spoke, uh, Moses was silent for seven days waiting for instructions on that mountain. God called him up to, the, to that mountain and he sat there seven days without a word spoken, waiting for God to give him new instructions. And now God thundered from heaven with, speak unto the children of Israel. <laughs> wow. They bring me an offering. Gold the Lord's divinity, silver, redemption, brass, his suffering, blue, son of God, purple, king of kings, scarlet, suffering savior, fine linen, perfect man, goat's hair, the man who became sin, because goat's hair is symbolic of sin, it also is symbolic of a prophet. Now, ram skins dyed red. Ram, uh, speaks of a leading animal. A ram speaks of an energetic animal. A leading ram. So the Lord was the leading person. The governor, the king. Died red, his death on the cross. And then badger's skin. Badger skin. That's a very, uh, people question what it, what it is. Some say it's eel, some say it's other skin. It's not attractive, that we know. Very durable. Imagine lasting 500 years. Skin lasting that long. And the animal, they say, the badger, whether it's, a, an eel or another animal is a loner animal, like an, an animal always alone. It's not a, a herd animal. And I think that speaks of the Lord too. Because there's no beauty in him we should desire. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And I want you to, to, to think about that that's what people saw when they approached the tabernacle. All they saw is the badger's cover, which is a very un unattractive part of the tabernacle. Nobody saw the beauty within till they went in. So to the world, Christianity is not attractive. But to us, it's the glory of God. Because we are within looking 
from within. You see the beauty, all the gold. Gold everywhere. Beauty everywhere. Yet the badger's skin is all the world saw. That rough-looking, unattractive skin. And then it says, acacia wood. Well, acacia wood <clears throat> speaks of his body. Speaks of wood, acacia wood is durable wood that uh, lives longer even than olive, than olive wood. So, and wood in the Bible is always symbolic of flesh, meaning here eternal flesh. And only one man had had eternal flesh. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And now it says oil for the light. That's the Holy Spirit. Spices for the anointing oil. Sweet fragrance to God, the saints. In 2 Corinthians 2, we are told we are the sweet fragrance. In verse 14 and 15. Write these down. There's a lot of information I'm giving you here. And then it says, onyx stones, stones to be set in the ephor, in the ephor in the, and in the breastplate. Oh my, the preciousness of the saints in the sight of God are these stones. Malachi 3.17. Now, one more time, and I don't want to, you know, keep repeating this information, but I think it's so important we see it and keep it in, in our hearts because it's so revealing. So when we, look, when we look at this beautiful tabernacle, we see the gate with the four colors I just mentioned. So you have the blue, the purple, the scarlet, and the white, the offices of Jesus, and four pillars held them. Why four, by the way? I wanna, I wanna answer that question. Four pillars reveal the Lord in his incarnation, he became flesh. Number two, crucifixion. Number three, resurrection. Number four, ascension. So God was revealing when you see four pillars. Now, it also speaks of the world, of course, but don't forget, precious people, it speaks of the Lord who became flesh, died, rose, ascended on high. Okay. And in this, in this picture, we don't see it as well, but the gate here is the widest of all gates or all, of all entrances because the gate is wider than what is called the door held by five pillars, which are the offices of the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and then you walk in and you, you, you face the veil. And the veil is much uh, uh, not as wide as the door and not as wide as the gate. Meaning, everyone can get into the outer court. Very few can get into the holy place. And very, very few can get into the holy of holies. Because the entrance gets a lot, short, uh, a lot less of it. A lot, not as wide. So the widest, people can get in quickly. This, not as many can get in. And this, 
very, very few can get in. And that shows us that not many in the, in the church will probably make heaven. That's why there'll be a great falling away before the coming of the Lord. Because everyone can come to the cross. It's, it's a wide gate to bring you into the, the altar of sacrifice and into the word of God. But, but beyond that, less people can get in. And beyond that, even a lot less can, can, can get in. Which means even preachers that minister here cannot get in there. It's really kind of a shock when you think about it. Now, one day I'll, I'll teach about what the Bible gives us in parables, in parables about how many will fall away. It's quite shocking. Because the Lord said that very narrow is the way that leads to life. Wide is the way that leads to, to destruction. So, the gate, introduction. The altar of sacrifice, reconciliation. The labor, sanctification. The Lord reveals himself first in the gate, then through the work of the cross, we are reconciled, then we are sanctified through his word. And now when you go into the holy place, you, you cannot go into without the ministry of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers, that bring you into the holy place. And the first thing you will you'll come to is the lampstand, which is illumination. So illumination is not possible without coming through introduction, reconciliation, sanctification, then illumination. And then you eat the bread of life, for he is the light of the world, bread of life. He's the gate, the work of the cross, the word, and now we come to the light of the world. And then he is the bread of life. As we partake of him, there is satisfaction. And now he's the high priest, the great mediator. That's the altar of incense. And that also brings us into a place of worship, because this also speaks of worship or adoration, and finally, glorification. And now I want to begin to talk about the Ark of the Covenant and a little more about the mercy seat, which I think is so, so important. So let's go quickly to Exodus chapter 25. Oh, hallelujah. Sorry, I just had to shout because I get excited when I teach the Bible. Okay, dear, dear uh, uh, Jackson is sitting here. I think he just jumped. <laughs> All right. So, Exodus 25, beginning at verse 10. Oh, this is so thrilling. And they shall make an ark of shittim, or acacia wood. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof. Remember, a cubit is from your elbow to your fingers. That was two cubits and, and, and a half is the length thereof. A cubit and a half how, the breadth or wide, and a cubit and a half the height. So when you look at this, just, just think about from here to here twice long, from here half, half that wide and, and long uh, and, and high. And now it says this, And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. Within and without shalt thou overlay it and shalt make Upon it a crown of gold round about. Now, the ark was made of that durable wood, meaning the body of Jesus, 
that cannot decay, this flesh. And now covered with gold, so not only does it speak of eternal, it also speaks of that glory, the divinity, the Son of God and humanity are in one now, in the ark. So perfect man, perfect God, in the ark. And please never forget that the ark speaks of the person of Jesus, but the mercy seat which covers it speaks of the purpose, the purpose of Jesus. So now let's, and there's you know much more I can say later about the ark because there's so much about it, but I do want to talk about the mercy seat. And so in verse 16, in fact, let me, let me just keep reading. Uh, verse 12, And thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in the four corners thereof, and two rings shall be in the one side of it, and two rings in the other side of it. So it had rings here, 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 for the poles. And thou shalt make staves for the poles, of a case you wouldn't overlay them with gold. Thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the size of the ark, that the ark may be born with them. And the, and the staves shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it ever. And we'll have to wait for another time to explain this. And thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. Now, the law was in the ark. God's law, the tablets. And remember what it says in, in Psalm 40, verse 8. I want to read that for you quickly. So let's go to Psalm 40, and let's look at verse 8. And it says this, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Now this is the Lord speaking, the Holy Spirit giving these words to David. Yea, thy law is within my heart, meaning only Jesus fulfilled the law. That's why it's in the ark. It was fulfilled in the Lord, because we all broke God's laws. Yet we are pardoned, we are cleansed, we are safe, and we are covered by the blood that is sprinkled upon the mercy seat. He is our mercy seat. Jesus is our propitiation. And propitiation, the word mercy seat means substitution. He is our substitute. He is the one who took our sin on the cross. And then there was the golden pot of manna mentioned in, in Exodus 16, verse 32 to and 33, meaning he's the bread of life. And one more thing here, then Aaron's rod that budded, almonds, the resurrection. So in the ark, inside the ark was the law that he fulfilled. Secondly, the bread of life, the manna that came from heaven. And thirdly, the resurrection and the life, all in the, in the Ark of the Covenant. Now, to, to violate the holiness of the, of the Ark, they were punished by death. Meaning, de to deny the Lord's deity today is death and destruction. So this is a warning to those who deny that he's the son of God. God will judge them for that. Because to, to violate the holiness here by taking the, the, that beautiful mercy seat off, and by the way, that mercy seat 
was all gold, all gold, no wood in the mercy seat whatsoever. Now, in Jeremiah 7 verse 4, it says how Israel forsook the Lord, but trusted in his temple. There's a lot of people today who are, who are no longer walking with the Lord, but yet they go to church. They have religion. They have what looks like Christianity that isn't. It's all flesh, frankly. Just like Israel who forsook the Lord, but they, they revered the temple, even the tabernacle that stood in Shiloh for many years. And you remember the story in 1 Samuel 6 when the ark had been taken to the land of the Philistines and then the Philistines were judged by the ark, if you recall the story there, it was amazing. And then when it was brought back to Israel and it was opened there, 50, over 50,000 people were slain when they looked into it. Why? Because they were exposed to the law, judgment. But think about that the mercy seat covered, the mercy seat covered judgment because the law judges. To be exposed to it meant death. But God sees the blood over the mercy seat and that is our protection. So, but when you, when you reject the work of Jesus. That's what they did by opening that ark in 1 Samuel chapter 6. That's what they were really doing. They were rejecting the mercy. They were rejecting the substitution. And now they saw the, the tablets of the law and they were killed, 50,000 of them. In fact, 50,000 and 70, to be exact, were slain because they forsook the work of Calvary. They forsook God's mercy in the Old Testament. All right. How I wish I have more time to share more with you about the tabernacle and the treasures hidden in this revelation Jesus revealed in the tabernacle. I would really encourage you to study this because it is an immense subject, immense truth, great treasure. So thank you for joining me, but I do want to invite you to be a part of BHI because this is what I'm teaching now on BHI in depth, in depth. And you can be a part of BHI by just going online and signing up, and it's 25 a month, that's all, and you'll be a part of this wonderful institute that began in 2020 and we're up now to 4,000 students and adding many more that are coming. It's wonderful to see what God is doing. But if you can't, I understand because I'm with you daily anyways, teaching the word. And I'll be with you again tomorrow, of course. But now it's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to secure our future financially. It's time not just to say, Lord, I love you and I worship you with my offering because it is an act of worship. That's what the Bible says clearly. Worship the Lord. Come with an offering, it says in the Psalms. But more than that, it also secures our tomorrow. It secures our destiny financially in this world while we're still on this earth. And God wants to make sure that we have our needs met. 
while in the body still. And remember, when, when I want a, a, a spiritual miracle, I act spiritually. I believe God in my heart by faith to receive it. If, if, if I am looking for a physical healing, then I act physically. Jesus said, get up and walk. Take up your bed and walk. If I need something financially, I do something financially. I have to sow seed in the work of the Lord. And this is how we activate faith. This is how we release faith, by an act. And giving is an act of faith. And we believe God for his promises, because he promised we'll never lack. So Lord, bless them as they give right now in Jesus' wonderful and glorious name, Lord. Increase them mightily financially securing their future in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, you can sew on the platform you're watching me on right now, or you can go to our website, benin.org, or simply text BHM45777. I'll see you tomorrow for another glorious teaching. Bye-bye.